Second Timothy. If you'll go there with me to Epistle of Second Timothy. We talked about um, um, depression and um, some anxiety. And the reality is not every single person that um, was here or is here this evening battles with that. And so maybe you said, I don't really need to overcome that. And my prayer for you would be that you never have to um, seek victory over that. Maybe your marriage, you say, nope, didn't need that one either. And um, then we talked a couple weeks about just battling, overcoming addiction, sexual addiction. And maybe you said, boy, I've been here four weeks and I've not needed any of these things. I am an overcomer and I don't battle any of those things. Tonight, every single person, every person battles fear. Everybody. You, you look at tomorrow at some point in your life and you wonder, what does tomorrow, what's it going to look like? Everybody deals with fear. Everybody. And so I know this week, um, overcoming fear and the next week, there are going to be two, two of our closing our series out that every single person you're going to deal with. And we deal with this constantly in our lives, fear. How many, how many of you have ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've been scared and, and anxiety and your, your gut is like just in knots and you don't even know why? It's not like you just had a bad dream. You just, you just lay there and think, what in the world is going on? Anybody like that? Most of you, look at that. Yeah. How many of you ever, you were concerned and worried about something you had no control over? Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We don't, we don't have control over tomorrow, and that's why we have fear. Because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, and, and, and we want to know. Many Christians are a victim to a, to a pattern of thinking called fear. Ma- many Christians, you're a victim to a pattern of thinking called fear. And the reason I say it is because we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to. Now, it's our human nature. Things come up. We don't know. We, we think the worst. How many of you have you've ever thought the worst? You've ever thought the worst. And it wasn't as bad as you thought. Anybody like that? Doesn't that help you for next time? No. No. And fear would be, in our study this evening, fear would be um, defined as this, a distressing emotion aroused by the anticipation. So a, a distressing emotion. This is not something that we are like, Great, another day of fear. This has been a great day. No, you don't relax with fear. It's a distressing emotion. It, 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 it sucks the life out of you. There's nothing beneficial when you go through fear. There's nothing beneficial emotionally, spiritually, physically. Fear kills. And so fear is a distressing emotion, and it's aroused by the anticipation, not the reality but the anticipation of pain or harm or loss. It's a distressing emotion aroused by the anticipation of pain or harm 
or laws. We don't know this is going to happen. We just anticipate it coming. And we put ourselves through it actually happening, and it's not even happened. Right? How many of you have ever had a bad day thinking about, I'm going to have a bad day? Anybody? Tomorrow's going to be bad, so therefore today is horrible because I'm thinking about how bad tomorrow's going to be. And, and I'm going to say this, and, 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 and I don't mean this at all to be unkind. I want you to take this with the heart that it's giving in. If you're afraid of anything in any ongoing way, it's not from God. If you're afraid of anything in an ongoing way, you say, what do you mean by that? Okay, there was a, there was a uh, time not long ago, my wife and I, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and both of us got awakened up to this loud bang. I jumped up, and she jumped up, and both of us, you know, it was in the, it was in, in the middle of the night, and, and, you know, your heart pounds, and that, that fear, just it, it's a fear of, okay, make, let's make sure that everybody's okay, let's make sure the kids are fine, let's make sure nobody broke into the house. That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about... We're talking about anything in an ongoing way where, where I just, tomorrow is always, it's always there and, and I'm anticipating it's always going to be bad. Or, or these situations constantly in my life, I'm, I'm constantly afraid of what I'm dealing with. It's constantly causing this fearful emotion. If that's where your life is, I'm telling you it's not of God. It's not of God. Many of us fear the future or the unknown circumstances, and fear fear paralyzes the Christian. And God is not wanting you to be in a place where you're paralyzed as a Christian. We need to get this this evening. If fear paralyzes, that means I'm stuck. And if I'm stuck, I'm not moving forward. And if I'm not moving forward, I'm not growing in Christ. And if I'm not growing in Christ, then, then I'm going through life as a Christian, paralyzed, stuck. And that's not where God would have you to be, although that's where a lot of times we are. That's a lot of times we are. And so here's Paul. Paul is writing, this is his second letter to Timothy, and Paul at this point in Paul's life, Paul has been through it all. He's been jailed. He's been beaten. He's been left dead. He's been stoned. I mean, you name it, this has happened to Paul. And Timothy is, a, is, is someone that Paul has trained. He's a son in the ministry. And what, what Timothy is going to do, Paul is going to be off the scene here. He knows he's going to die soon. He's going to be put to death. His time is about over. And so he's writing to this, this young man, Timothy, because he knows that Timothy is going to have to take his place. And so he writes Timothy, and he says to Timothy in these first several verses, he tells Timothy, I'm praying for you night and day. And he knows, he knows the, the course ahead for Timothy. And um, he says in verse number um, 3, I thank God who, whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, with, without ceasing. I have, remembered, uh, have, have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. He knows that Timothy is going to need some help. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. 
Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. He's, he desires for Timothy to live a life that, that God has gifted him to live. Stir up that gift which is in thee by putting on my hands. And, and look at in verse number seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of what? Fear. This spirit that fear that consumes us, that, that paralyzes us, is not a spirit of God. Now, this spirit, how many of you in your Bible, the, the spirit, that S, is capitalized? Anybody? So we know that it's not what? The Holy Spirit. This would be you. This would be how we, our spirit, how we deal with life, how we deal with pressures, how we deal with people, and how we deal with circumstances. He says this, God God didn't give you that spirit. So that spirit comes from you, from your flesh, but it's not something that God has put on you. And, and so what, what's the answer? He says this, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to write this down, please, this evening. I'm going to have you write several things down. I want you to write this. You have nothing to fear. You say, well, that doesn't take the problem away. No, but you have to understand, you have nothing to fear. You don't have fear. It's, it's, it's in our mind. It's, it's, it's what we, what, how we deal with stresses and un, unsurety and, and places in life that we don't like to find ourselves. But it's not something that God has put upon us. If your tendency is to, to be fearful, it's not of God. See, a lot of times people will, well, that's just how I am. Well, if that's how you are, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's, it's just my makeup. Well, your makeup is, is wrong because God didn't give you a spirit of fear. We're not to go through life with this spirit that's constantly uh, paralyzing us, constantly in fear. God has given us three things in chapter 1, verse number 7, to combat fear. And we should always be seeking to combat fear. Is fear going to come? Yes, it's going to come. You're going to deal with it. You're going to deal with it because you don't know what tomorrow looks like. And because you don't know what tomorrow looks like, it's fearful. I don't know how this situation is going to end. Has anybody ever gone into a meeting fearful of how that meeting's going to end? You probably had some employees going to meetings with you like that, right? The boss called me in. What's, this, what's going to happen? And we get this spirit of fear. And God has given us three things that combat that, that fear. And so let's look at these things in order here in verse number seven, power. I want you to write this down. Number two, you don't have to fear circumstances. You have power. You don't have to fear circumstances. You have power. Many times we look at circumstances and we anticipate what's going to happen. Have you ever anticipated what's going to happen? Anybody? Anticipate this, this circumstance. Have you ever looked at something and you had it all figured out the way it was going to go and it just sent you into like into the bedroom, covers over your head? I'm not getting up tomorrow. 
Because you, you, did, you, you went through the whole thing in your mind, how this thing was going to go, how it was going to play out, what the outcome was going to be. You anticipated it, and your final conclusion is this. I'm afraid. God didn't give you that spirit of fear. He gave you power. And so you don't have to, to fear circumstances. There's nothing, there's no circumstance in your life that should cause you to think this. I don't know. It's time to be afraid. No, every circumstance we go back to, and Paul is giving Timothy this, this, this anchor to, to hold on to is this. Whenever I come into a circumstance where I'm not sure what's going to happen, I have power. Now, that power is not something that Timothy was going to find in himself. It's not something that Paul said to Timothy, just dig really deep, and if you dig deep enough, eventually you're going to get to this power. No, this power that is, 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 is talked about, that Paul is speaking about, it's the same for the Greek word dudamis. Has anybody ever heard of that word dudamis? What does that word mean? What, what's a, a word in our English language that we derive from that word? Dynamite, dynamite. How many of you would agree dynamite is powerful? A couple of you? You've either, you've, you either don't know what dynamite is or you've already fallen asleep. No, dynamite is pretty powerful. Matter of fact, this is what they've done with dynamite. There's a, there's, there's a big mountain in the way, and, and they say, you know what we want to do? We want to put a road through this mountain. And they didn't tell, all right, guys, go get your shovels, and we're going to shovel our way through this mountain. You know what they said? Go get the dynamite. We, we need to get down deep into the earth, and there's a lot of, lot of gold down there. And, and he didn't say, guys, go get your shovels and your picks, and we're just going to start digging until we find it. No, what they did is they got dynamite. Dynamite is powerful. In this word power here that Paul is saying to Timothy, you get into a place that you're, 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 you have the option, the circumstance can lead you to fear. You have to understand that this power that God gives you, it's dynamite. It's powerful. The power that God gives us is not weak. It's not weak. And so that means this, any circumstance that we face God has the power to plow through that circumstance. That means this, there's no circumstance that can overcome God. God overcomes all circumstances, and his power is not weak. It is compared to, it's the same word. It comes from the same Greek root as that word dynamite, power. Now, I want you to turn with me, hold your place in 2 Timothy, and I want you to turn to probably a very familiar passage of Scripture the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. Now, I want you to stay with me, please. This is not a message that is going to be good for you to tune off, tune out. It's not. I'm telling you, this is something that each and every one of us need. This song that we sang, this last song, one of the reasons I love this song so much all summer long i was i was at some times feeling like I, I was losing my mind i was missing my son so much and i was missing him so much that i would be afraid of what was happening to him 
Honestly, I'm thinking to myself, he's 17. He's probably getting a wedgie right now at the, uh, from all these guys. He's probably getting his head dumped in the toilet right now by all these guys. He's probably getting his, his, his things stolen right now from all, they're probably like just using him as a punching bag, you know, and because we made the mistake, him and I, we looked up and we, we looked up on YouTube things that happened at boot camp and, and, Like, why would you do that? And so it was either things on about Jesus or watch what happens at basic training. And, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember, I honestly, I remember laying there many a nights early in the morning hours. I was in fear. I was. I, I said to Michelle, it's probably 1.30 in the morning, she said, what are you doing up? I said, I'm going to get Jacob. She said, what do, you, what do you mean? I said, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to get him. She said, um, you have no idea where he's at. I said, I'll find him. Can't take it anymore. I, there was this period where he, they wouldn't let him talk to us, and, and we, don't, we weren't getting any, any mail. We weren't getting any phone calls. And I said, I'm done. I can't, I can't live this way anymore. I'm going to pick him up. She says, what are you going to do? I'm going to punch the drill sergeant right in the nose and take Jacob. I had it all planned out. Run, son, come on. <clears throat> and I'd lay in bed, I'd have my earphones in, and I'd listen, what a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. And I remember thinking at those times, the answer is not me, and the answer is not live in fear. My fear isn't changing the circumstance. My fear is only making things worse. God has this. God has this. Numbers chapter number 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land, verse number 2 of Canaan. And, and, and look with me what it says, Which I gave unto the children of Israel. What does that mean? Somebody help me understand what that means. Not a trick question. What does it mean? It's already theirs. Right? God said, I gave it to them. Send these men to go look at what I'm giving them. This was not a, a go see if we can get this. This was go see what you got. This was a preview this was a Google Earth of, because they didn't have it at that time. It was, you're going to go and you're going to look at everything God's given you. It's yours. This is not up for debate. This isn't up for you to decide if it's going to be there or not. God has given this to you. It's yours. And so we know the Bible tells us they go and they search out this land. And in chapter number 25, the spies come back. And listen, listen what the spies say. They return from searching the land after 40 days. And and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron, to all congregation of the children of Israel, under the wilderness of Paran in Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So this is how it started. When they came back, they said, look at all of this fruit. They told him and said, we came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. They said, this land is amazing. I mean, it flows with milk. There's nothing bad about this land. This is incredible. They, they're, they're talking everybody into how great this is. Nevertheless, 
Oh, here we go. Fear. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there fear. They got their mind and their heart off what God said was theirs, and they started looking at what the obstacles were. The Amalekites dwell in the land, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and they dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites, they dwell by the sea and, and by the coast of Jordan. Cable, uh, Caleb, he tried to still the people and, and say, let's just stop thinking about the negative. Stop, stop thinking about the worst. Just let's get and go now. What was he trying to get them to do? Stop thinking about all the fearful things. Stop thinking about all the negative things things. Just, just let's trust God. Let's go right now. Let's not even think about it anymore. And they, they no, no, no. They got upset. And verse number 32, they brought an evil report of the land which they searched into the children of Israel, saying the land through which we have gone to search it, it's a land that, that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. They're giants. Sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in the, our own side as grasshoppers, and that's what fear does. Fear, fear puts you always in a compromised position. So we find God, the outcome is this, and the congregation lifted their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and the children of Israel, in verse, chapter 14, verse 2, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would God that he had we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness? Wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our, our wives and our children should be a prey? Were, were it not better for us to return into Egypt? Are you serious? Where did this come from? It started with, go send these spies into the land that I gave you. It's yours. And they got there. And when they got there, they said, we can't do this. And and fear overtook them. And when fear overtook them, they stopped seeing what God said was yours. And they started looking at all the obstacles around it. And we find what God thought God says this in verse number 26 of chapter 14. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear this evil congregation which murmur against me? Listen, God doesn't look fondly on fear. Please get this. Oh, it's okay. You're human. No. He, he says, what do you... What? I'm power. This fear, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at fear and say, well, okay, I understand you're human. No, he, what he's saying is this, I'm tired of dealing with them, their lack of faith. They constantly going back and letting fear control them. And I'm done with them, he says. I'm, I'm done with this murmuring because when they get to a place of fear, they start to make all the excuses why I can't be God and why my power is not enough. I, used to take our kids, I don't remember which one it was, but, but uh, I would take one of the, I think it was one of the girls, and I'd, I'd pick them up and put them on the counter in the kitchen, and I would say, jump. Any, anybody else ever do that to their kids? A couple of you? Real brave dads, right? And, but they would be so afraid. 
I remember before I would even pick them up, Dave, they would be afraid and start shaking. And it used to aggravate me. It, it really did. It aggravated me, Greg, because I, I remember saying to this, to one of the girls, why are you so afraid? Do you think I'm going to put you in a place that you're going to fall? No, I don't think. I'd pick them up and they're shaking the whole time and I'd put them on the counter. Now jump. And they were like ready to pass out. And, and again, I remember getting so aggravated. I'd say, do you think I'm going to ask you to jump and not catch you? No. Then jump. No. Jump. Jump now or I'm going to spank you, you know. Get, it, get off that counter. I didn't say that. But I remember as a dad thinking, why won't they just trust me? Do they really think that I'm going to put them in a place that they can't trust me? What is their opinion about me as their dad? It's what fear does. What fear does is fear says, God, I don't trust you where you have me. I don't trust that you can control this situation. I don't trust that if I fall, you're going to catch me. That's what fear says to God. I don't trust this. That You know what's happening here? The people of Israel are saying, God, I don't trust you that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I don't trust that this is our land. And God says, fine. Listen to me. I want you to hear this, please, because fear leads to complaining, and God hears all of it. God hears all of it, and he's not impressed with it. Because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power. And so as we're, as we're here, and we're going through whatever it is that God is allowing us to go through, we begin to grumble, and we start to say, God, why are you doing this to me? And God says, it's, it's not about you. It's, it's what you're going to learn about me in this situation. And fear will keep you from seeing what God has for you. God hears it. In Numbers chapter 14, look with me in verse number 20, 29. He says, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. And all of that which were numbered of you, according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me, doubtless ye shall not come into the land. Now listen to me. I want to show you the consequence of fear. You miss what God has for you. If that does nothing for you as a Christian, I can't help you. If you're okay saying, God, I'm going to live my life, and if I miss out your will, I'm okay with that as long as I don't have to be in fear. You're missing out. You're losing. You're going to be put in situations in life, and God is going to put you there. And in your spirit, you are going to say, I'm challenged with this. You have a choice to make. You are either going to say, God, I am not going to rely upon my fear. I'm not going to rely upon my strength. I'm not going to rely upon my, 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 my understanding. I'm going to rely upon your power here. And that's exactly where God wants you to be. He has to put you in this place in order for you to be obedient there. Do you see that? 
He had to put the children of Israel in a place so they had to choose, I want the power of God, or no, fear. And when they chose fear, they missed out. Could you imagine Christian living an entire life as a Christian and there are things that you missed out that God had for you? Could you imagine that? And, 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 and the question would be this. Hasn't God done enough to show you he's trustworthy? Hasn't he done enough to show you? And it's almost like this, God, what you've done in the past isn't enough. And, 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 and this is, do you, ever, do you ever want something from someone and they just, they're not willing to give it to you? Enough's not enough. And that's what it is with God here. Enough isn't enough. Okay, you, you, you've, 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 10 plagues weren't enough, and the crossing of the Red Sea wasn't enough, and killing a Pharaoh's army wasn't enough, and the manna wasn't enough, and the quail wasn't enough, and the, and the clouds by uh, uh, day weren't enough, and the clouds by fire, they weren't enough, and, and the protection in the, in the wilderness wasn't enough. What is enough then? See, the problem isn't God and his provisions. The problem is you and your lack of faith and your willingness to let fear control my circumstance. And Paul says to Timothy, God doesn't give you that. That's not of God. He gives you power to get through those circumstances. And for sake of time, I won't go there, but Joshua, you write this in your notes and you study through Joshua. The children learned a lesson. They learned what my fathers did in, in, in that generation. I'm not going to do. And they said this. The challenge was be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. In order for a person not to live in fear, they have to be strong and courageous. And I want you to think about this. A whole generation had to die off because of fear. A whole generation had to die off because of fear. I don't want my children to have to wait till I'm gone in order for them to see God work because I lived in fear my entire life. But these children had to. You say, no, no, I'm just one of those cautious people. No, you're fearful. Just call it what it is. No, I'm one of those, you know, I just, I'm very, very thorough. No, you're fearful. Call it what it is. Because when we start to justify it, we start to, to, to make excuses for it, we start to convince ourselves that it's okay to live with the spirit of fear. And when we live with the spirit of fear, we deny God's power. And when we deny God's power, we don't receive what he desires for our life. You mark it down. A Christian is always going to be miserable when a Christian decides, I want fear over power. Now, this is the spirit of fear. I want you to write these things down, the spirit of fear. How, how, do I, how, do, how do I let this spirit of fear control me? I'll tell you one way to do it is this. Mark this down. Number one is embrace the negative. What's that word embrace mean? Hold on, hug. Hold tight. If you, if you want the spirit of fear to control you, one way to do it in that is embracing the negative. Holding on to the negative, always looking at what shouldn't be, can't be, 
always the negative. You know anybody like that? It's always the negative. You, you're, 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 you're always thinking, no, no, no. I am just, I am just weighing the cost. And, and, and no, no, you're, you're, if God has given you direction and you're denying that direction, you're living in fear. The, the negative, the children of Israel, they, they embrace the negative. Listen, the, the, the fruit, my, it's, it's beautiful. And, and the honey, it's better than you can get in Grand Rapids, Ohio. It's good stuff. It's, the land is flowing with milk and honey, but you know what? There's giants and there's walls. And we're grasshoppers, and, and they embraced the negative. And when we have that spirit of fear, we embrace the negative. We look at all the reasons why God can't be right. We look at all the reasons why this can't be good. And then secondly, we do this. We enlarge the enemy. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that everyone was a giant? I mean, everybody? The whole, everybody there was a giant? No. Do you really think that you were as small as a grasshopper? No, what happens is this. When that spirit of fear comes upon us, we embrace the negative, we enlarge the enemy. But I want you to write this down and go and you study this verse, Romans 8, 37. You know what that verse says? That we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Listen, God didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of power, and therefore we can conquer. The enemy is never larger than God. Fear will cause you to say the enemy's too big. God's power says there's no enemy big enough. That, that, that dynamite, we look at that mountain, we say there's no way to put a road through this mountain. There's no way to get through this obstacle. There's no way I'm going to uh, be stuck here on this side of the mountain the rest of my life. That's fear. Power says I'm going to put some dynamite to that mountain. You know what dynamite does to that mountain? It makes a passageway through that you can never get there on your own. Or you've convinced yourself it's impossible. And then thirdly, your spirit of fear, how to, how to have a spirit of fear, you engage your fears. You engage your fear. What did Caleb say to do? Stop thinking this way. Let's go. What'd God say? But the rest of the 10 spies are like, no, 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 we need to think about this. Is there any truth to this? And you know, listen to what happens. This pattern of thinking, it always is critical. When you live in a life of fear and you're always afraid of tomorrow, you're always afraid of, 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 of whatever it is in your life, you become a pattern of thinking. It's always critical. It's always negative. It's always cranky. Do you know anybody cranky? Look at the person next to you and say, am I cranky? Ask them. See what they say. Some of you aren't even asking because you know what they're going to say. And if you know they're going to say yes, then don't ask them. Because then you're going to fight tonight and blame me. But listen, when somebody engages fear, they're always cranky. They're always critical. They're always negative. And you know what the sad thing is? They don't see it. Why are they that way? Because they're engaging it. They're listening to it. And fear is a way of handling what felt like is too much. That's what fear is. Fear is my way of handling what feels like is too much. This is too much. And, and, and I don't want to rely on God's power. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just be afraid of it. I'm going to be afraid of it. And fear is a way of handling what felt like too much. 
And how, how do we overcome this spirit of fear? Because we, we're not commanded to live there. And so how do we, how do we overcome this? Listen, when you, when you live in a spirit of fear, you communicate that way. You say, what do you, what do you mean by that? It's what you become. It's how you communicate. You, you, you begin to talk and communicate with others, and you have the spirit of fear on you. It becomes, it controls you. It becomes how you speak. It becomes how you communicate. You end up living that way, and you don't realize you're even living that way. And so I talked to Steve, and Steve, he walks away and says, man, what is wrong with him? Caleb and Joshua, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the two spies say to, to the ten spies, what's wrong with you? They got to the place where they were just communicating fear. We can't go there. These things are too big, and these things are too bad, and this is too big, and, and, and the giants are too strong, and we're just crashed. And, they, and they, they, they started giving evil reports out. And they, you know what else they started saying? It's your fault, Moses. It's your fault, Aaron. God, this is your fault. You brought us out here to die. You see what fear does? And here's Moses saying, what are you talking about? And Aaron saying, what are you talking about? And Caleb and Joshua saying, what are you talking about? And even worse than that, you know what God's saying, what are you talking about? I didn't bring you out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. I didn't bring you out of Egypt to, 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 to go to the promised land and get destroyed. I gave this land. I brought you out of Egypt to go possess the promised land. But when you get fear, you start communicating that. And everybody you talk to, listen, if there were two million people, they say there might have been a million and a half to two million people. Those ten men, because of their fear, they communicated that way. You know what they did? They convinced two million people that God's not in this thing. It changes you. You, in your communication, starts to diminish God, and you justify it. And so what do we do? Fear is how we see everything, because now we are so afraid, we see everything through the lenses of fear, and so we hedge ourselves. We 